Hey, welcome back to this week's episode two of Real Beauty with FD season four. We will be continuing our awesome conversation with Gabby from Glow with Gabby. You can find her on Instagram. So I hope you enjoy part two. So I guess on that point, um, and knowing that therapy is kind of one avenue for you to make sure that you then have that support, do you have any other kind of tools or things that you do on a daily basis to kind of help yourself not kind of fall back? Or especially when you're dealing with people that from a triggering perspective, like how Mm -hmm. do you continue to grow? Yeah, as a person, definitely. Um, so I, I see my therapist once every two weeks. So that's definitely something that I, that I keep up with. I think another way there's multiple ways that I really do try to take care of myself for me, like being outside in nature and just like taking in fresh air and going on walks or just surrounding myself with people that are supportive and that I can have those open, vulnerable conversations with are definitely ways that I take care of myself. Um, I, I also, as part of my profession right now, um, I'm getting supervision cause I'm an associate. So, um, I get clinical supervision on all my cases. And so just having a sounding board and saying like, this is something that's really hard to navigate. I need your help. I need your feedback, like yeah. getting the support on, because I see a lot of people and eating disorders are hard. Like they're heavy, you know, it's yeah. not just someone coming in and saying, Oh, like I'm having a hard time in my relationship. Please oh God, help me navigate yeah. this. Right. This is like someone telling me and sitting on my couch saying like, I hate how I look I'm restricting or I'm purging or I'm engaging in really bad behaviors. And I don't know what to do anymore. Like that's heavy stuff. And it's hard not to take that home with you. So oh, sure. I'm always making sure that I'm taking care of myself, whether it's like making time to go on walks or moving my body in ways that I enjoy journaling, you know, doing therapy, having difficult conversations with people, um, and just resting and taking care of my sleep and nourishing my body. And, you know, with the triggering component, it's interesting because I, I have a feeling that other people might have different opinions and that's okay, you know, Mm -hmm. to each their own. But I remember I made this uh, real, like not too long ago. And I said that, I'm not triggered by my clients. And someone commented was like, you're triggered. Like, how could you not be like you're human? (laughs) It's just part of what it is. Right. And I disagreed with that person and they have every right to have their own opinion, but it's just like, I am so solid in my recovery and who I am. And when I went into treatment, I was so ready to get rid of the eating disorder that I cannot imagine. I couldn't even fathom trying to want to go back to that place in my life. And so really like, I'm not triggered at all by my clients because I, first I had one for so long. So like I've heard it all. And second of all, I wouldn't put myself in a position where I were easily triggered because then I just wouldn't be effective as a therapist. Right. So yeah, I mean, for sure. I, I feel blessed in the sense that I don't really ever feel triggered by my clients. I do feel emotionally exhausted by my clients. Oh, I mean, how that. can you not, you know, that's, that's, that's a different kind of area, but uh, yeah, just, I always need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself because the worst thing you can do to yourself as a therapist is like burn out pretty quickly. And as soon as you're burning out or, you know, you're just not giving yourself enough time to decompress, that's when you're just you're not doing anybody any favors. Like you're not taking care of yourself and you're not giving what you can to your clients. So 
Yeah, gosh, I just can't even, I just, I, honestly, I'm just thinking when you're talking of all the things I kind of offloaded to my therapist. And again, there was no triggering, um, you know, big event, nothing horrific happened, but it's just life. And I can only imagine what you have to endure and listen. But again, from a positive standpoint, because you've gone through this, I also can imagine that you're able to sensitively challenge your patients and also see if they will relapse or if they're going back into old habits or even just from their language, because I'm sure you also did that. And I'm sure this is also an area that until they're at a point where they can really address it and own it and get to the point where you got to, where you're like, no, I'm, I'm done with this. Like I need to change. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's so much hiding yeah. in this and trying to, you know, hide food off your plate or I, I don't know. I'm again, I'm probably not in a position to kind of talk about this, but I can only imagine that you probably see that more and you're able to address it quicker. Yeah. I'm, um, whenever anybody asks me what type of therapist I am, I always say that I'm a very transparent and blunt therapist. (laughs) And I also am, I feel as though I'm very empathetic and understanding. So I feel like a lot of people are like, Oh, you're very calm. And just like, you have a very soft voice and you're very, yeah, you have a great voice. Yeah. Oh, thank (laughs) you. Very comfortable. (laughs) Oh, thank you. And they're like, you're so warm and welcoming. And I, and I feel that I am like, I, I love connecting with humans. And I also feel like I would be doing people a disservice if I weren't honest. So like if there, there's moments where I have to be honest and I have to tell clients like, look, I'm worried for you. And, you know, if you keep down this track, you could lose your life. Like I don't have a problem saying it how it is because I'm not, this is someone's life at risk. Like I'm not going to beat around the bush. Right. And so there's times that I have to say some really difficult things or challenge people to some pretty difficult realizations. But I genuinely think that with this population specifically, it's, it's people like me that they need to really challenge them because the eating disorder can be very manipulative and very conniving and sneaky. And they're able to let their parents kind of, they get by their parents pretty easily. But with me, I'm like, nope, I can read through your BS meter. (laughs) And I know you're trying to play me right now. And this is not going to (laughs) work. Oh my gosh. I love that. But yeah, I I'm sure. Right. And also I'm sure parents hope hope for the best and hope that no, 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 like they're, they're definitely back on track. But I think, again, to have this outlook, I think it's you just there's some things that yes, you can try and deal with yourself. But why when you have so many other resources, and I'm sure as a teenager, I remember how I was, the last person I want to speak to or open up to is my parents sometimes. Mm -hmm. And to have someone that's non biased, but -hmm. that's able to sit and listen, but also tell you, what you need to hear. I, I think sometimes you hear that more than if it was your parent, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And you know, not everybody has a super healthy relationship with their parents. Like everybody's relationship with their parents look very different. Sometimes there are people that you can fight in. Sometimes they're not your go-to person and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I always remind people that there's a lot of shame and guilt and, um, vulnerability in an eating disorder and it's not easy to come forth about. And I would understand why they would only confide in certain people. Like that's just, that's just how it goes. And you got to do what you feel comfortable with. Right. 
And what are the best steps if someone's listening to this, whatever age, and maybe they're in a position that they're like, you know, I'm ready to talk about this. I need to deal with this. What would be your recommended steps that they do? Yeah. So I would say first and foremost, if you're someone who's listening and you're contemplating whether or not you exhibit any eating disorder behaviors, or there's some warning signs that you think, Hey, this is not good. Like I I need to get this checked out. I would, the first thing I would do is I would recommend that you go to NIDA, like the national eating disorder Alliance website. Um, and there's actually a quiz that you can take to see if you exhibit a lot of the eating disorder symptoms. And then from there, I would say, okay, let's, you know, maybe reach out to a therapist, reach out to a dietitian that specializes in eating disorders to get a better understanding and an evaluation of where you're at to see what level of care that you need. Maybe you're really struggling and you need a higher level of care. I'm an outpatient therapist, right? So I, I tend to see people that have discharged from a higher level of care and are more in a maintenance level or, Hey, I just want to make sure I don't relapse. I still need a lot of things that I need to process. So, you know, they're, I'm their go-to person, but if someone's like active in behaviors every single day and is very deep in their eating disorder, that's someone who needs a higher level of care. So I would say getting some sort of both a medical evaluation and a psychological evaluation to see where you're at, to see what it is that you need in order to move forward in your journey would be then probably the second step that I would take. Um, and then kind of go from there. I think it's important to seek out professionals that specialize in eating disorders or that specialize in navigating a healthy relationship with food and body and not just a standard therapist, yeah. because that, that expertise is really needed in order to ensure that you get the appropriate level of care. Yeah. hundred percent. That is a great, great message. And again, I hope, I hope it helps just by kind of talking about this subject. Um, you never know what people are going through, but I think just to kind of have that avenue, know what to do is is key. Um, so the other thing I wanted to ask you about and going back to kind of your content and what kind of pulled me in and made me continue to watch everything you that you release and constantly love it and talk about it. Um, but tell me about your normalize you movement, which is yeah. amazing. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So I started the normalize you movement a little bit over a year ago. Cause I started my social media page about a, a year and like four months ago or something like that. Not too long ago. Oh my God. Uh, it's only been a year. Cause it's awesome. Oh, thank you. It's yeah. It's crazy. It hasn't been that long, um, that I started it. And, um, so I, when I got back onto social media, so actually what I did is I deleted all my social media and I said, if I ever got back on it, that I was going to get back on it to make a difference. I wasn't going to get on there to like post about my life and which is totally fine. Like I totally get that people have personal Instagram pages but for me and where I was at in my pursuing my career and my personal life. I really told myself, if you're going to get back on social media, do it to provide impact, to share knowledge and to make a difference. Like, I don't want to get on there to just like pose and be like, this is my life. Oh my gosh, this is my highlight reel. Um, so I said, okay, like I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on eating disorder awareness and I'm going to focus on body acceptance and body respect and, you know, health at every size, the things that I'm really passionate about. So I really wanted to create something that was different that I hadn't seen on the platforms. And so I kid you not, I was like literally just like laying in my bed one day and I was like, man, we talk all about like normalizing this body and normalize normal bodies and normalize 
this and that. And it's like, no one's talking about normalizing themselves because I Mm -hmm. feel like we're all very unique. We all have different body shapes, sizes, races, genders, cultural differences. Like we are each so unique. And that is something that should be celebrated day in and day out. And I kind of was like, you know what, why don't we celebrate you? Like there's only one of you and you only get one life to live. And that should be something that's constantly celebrated and like something that you just relish in. And so I came up with the hashtag and I was like, I don't know how I want to promote this, what I want to do. And then I was like, okay, this could be really cool. And so I kind of started the movement with like writing the hashtag, like normalize you on your chest. And then yeah, like, I love that. I got, thank you. And then I got tons of different women to participate in it. And, um, it's just, it's really cool. It's evolved a lot into like this little community, um, of people that just want a safe space, a safe space to talk about who they are, their struggles, their passions, their pursuits, um, and, and who they want to be and the identity that they want to form. And the thing that I love so much about it is like, there's no prerequisite to feel like you resonate with the normalize you movement, because first of all, it's normalizing things that we don't normalize. And second, it's you. So I just felt like it, it just, clicked for me. And, um, yeah. And a lot of people loved it and really resonated with it. So then I started a podcast for it and I need to get back on it. I have, I've only done one season of the podcast and I I really need to start up season two. I've just been so busy, but, uh, yeah. And I had some really cool people, you know, on the podcast talking about health at every size, intuitive eating, like a bunch of authors and professionals in the field. And, um, yeah, it's just normalize you as this concept in short, it's this concept of, normalizing who you are in your entirety outside of your body. Because I also think that in this platform, there's a lot of focus on body and I'm all about it. Like I'm all about body acceptance and health at every size. I think these are super important topics to discuss. And I also think that we tend to neglect talking about our personalities and other Mm -hmm. aspects of who we are. Our body is the least interesting thing about us. So like we need to be talking about the other components that make us who we are. And so that's why I like normalize you because it takes the focus away from the body and really focuses on the intrinsic values that we have to offer. It's, oh my God. I love this so much. And your pod was amazing. Um, so I can't wait for you to bring it back and see who you're going to talk to, but, um, yeah, that that's it. Right. Like, it's not just about how you look or, you know, the external it's like to me. And I was talking about this to one of my girlfriends last weekend, we were just saying how you can have the most attractive person in the room But if they don't have a good personality or if they don't have, you know, you just feel that like energy from someone, I Mm -hmm. instantly, I can appreciate the fact that they're good looking, but I don't see anything else. And it's so interesting to me how you can meet people and it really is like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with this, um, the movie Bridget Jones and how, (laughs) you know, Mark Darcy's like, I like you for who you are. Like everything about you, like regardless of all the craziness, everything else and how it's so crazy looking back at that movie as an adult. And she was what, like a hundred and I don't know, like 30 pounds and she was meant to be overweight. And I'm like, uh, yeah, (laughs) ridiculous. like literally ridiculous. But anyway, we'll go with it. Like she was supposed to be, you know, like bigger than average or whatever, But it's just the fact he's like, it's not about that. It's you in general. And I love that. And I feel like, again, you know, if you're with your partner or a guy or girl or whatever, it's never just the looks. It's Mm -hmm. always, if you ask someone, why do you love me? 
it's everything else. And I think Mm -hmm. exactly what you're doing is so key to be constantly talking about everything else that makes up that person that makes them beautiful. Yes, I agree. 1000%. So on that note, I have one last question and then we're going to go into the quick fire Um, round. Um, So I normally ask everyone this at the start of the pod, but I think this is a natural kind of question to what we just spoke about. What does beauty mean to you? Oh, beauty. Beauty means authenticity, realness, rawness. Like when I, when I think of beauty, I just think of someone who is unapologetically themselves and shows who they are is vulnerable and is raw and real. And is, yeah, I think that's just what beauty is like beauty. I know we always say like beauty is in the eye of the beholder and all that kind of stuff, which is true. But I also just think like there's beauty in everything. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, there's beauty in nature. There's beauty in the outdoor world. There's, there's beauty and vulnerability and connection. And I think that overall short answer, sorry, I'm like making a long answer. No, you have a great answer. Thank you. I would say it's just um, vulnerability fosters connection. That's something that Brene Brown always says. And I think that vulnerability and rawness and realness, that to me is real, real beauty. I love it. That's a great, great answer. Um, All right, let's go to the quick fire round. So whatever pops into your head, go for it. Um, So favorite cocktail. Ooh, um, Tito's and tonic with two limes. <laughs> Ooh, great cocktail. Um, do you prefer the cinema or a home movie? Cinema. I love the cinema experience. Oh, me too. Oh my God. I'm obsessed with the cinema. <laughs> I'm literally obsessed. Yeah. Um, most used emoji. Ooh, um, probably the hard eyes. <laughs> oh, of course. Um, yeah. if you were a sex and city character, who would you be? Oh my gosh. Um, what I'm like blanking on her name. Um, it's the one that's like super organized, a little bit uptight. Um, what's oh, her name? Miranda. Again? Uh, nope, not Miranda. The other oh, one, Charlotte. Yes, I would be Charlotte. She's like super organized, very on top of her shit. And like, my friends are always like, oh my God, you're such a Charlotte. Like you are very anal. And I am like, I'm a little anal. I'm not even going to lie. So yeah. It's good to be Charlotte. I'm the same, to be honest. I always say that I want to be Carrie Bradshaw and I really want to be Samantha Jones, but I just can't from the confidence standpoint. So I'm exactly Charlotte too. Um, If you could pick only two makeup products, what would they be? Um probably my Tula tinted primer and my um Fenty lip gloss. Oh, I've never tried Fenty, but it's on my list. Yeah. I mean, she has amazing. She has amazing lip glosses. Oh, I need to try. Okay. I want to try. Um, if you could be anyone for one day, who would it be? Oh my gosh. I, the first person that comes to my mind is Brene Brown. Honestly, I think she's just such a cool person. She has so much knowledge. She's so educated in the realm of mental health and she gets to talk to really incredible people. I don't know if you've ever listened to her podcast, but like she's had like Joe Biden on there. She's had tons of other celebrities on there. And like, just like, she gets to talk about really awesome things. And I love her, her take on vulnerability. So I think I'd be her for a day. Yeah, I will need to add that to my podcast list. Um, And lastly, what is your life motto or positive phrase that you typically live by? Um, Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say 
this is hard. I would say that um, don't be afraid to walk away from the things that don't suit you probably. Good, I've been telling good, myself that a lot lately. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that's a great, that's a great, um, a, definitely a great thing to live by. Well, Hey, Gabby, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, you've been awesome and I appreciate the topics we've covered. So for everyone listening, please go follow Gabby. It's grow underscore with Gabby on Instagram. And I'll put more information on the notes, but, um, this has been a pleasure and I'm really glad we got the opportunity to do it. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's, it was an awesome conversation. Okay. Well, I'm sure we will keep in touch and I will continue to follow you and love everything that you do on social media, but thank you for all that you do. I appreciate it. Thank 